Section 58 of Expository Thoughts on the Gospel of St. Matthew by J. C. Ryle. Chapter 19, verses 1 to 15. Christ's Judgment about Divorces. Christ's Tenderness to Little Children. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Matthew, chapter 19, verses 1 to 15. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee, and came into the coasts of Judea, beyond Jordan. And a great multitude followed him, and he healed them there. The Pharisees also came unto him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? And he answered, and said unto them, Have ye not read, that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. They say unto him, Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement, and put her away? He saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery, and whoso marrieth her which is put away doth commit adultery. His disciples say unto him, If the case of the man be so with his wife, it is not good to marry. But he said unto them, all men cannot receive this saying, save they to whom it is given. For there are some eunuchs, which were so born from their mother's womb, and there are some eunuchs, which were made eunuchs of men. And there be eunuchs, which have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake. He that is able to receive it, let him receive it. Then there were brought unto him little children, that he should put his hands on them, and pray, and the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Suffer little children, and forbid them not, to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them, and departed thence. In these verses we have the mind of Christ declared on two subjects of great moment. One is the relation of husband and wife. The other is the light in which we should regard little children in the matter of their souls. It is difficult to overrate the importance of these two subjects. The well-being of nations, and the happiness of society, are closely connected with right views upon them. Nations are nothing but a collection of families. The good order of families depends entirely on keeping up the highest standard of respect for the marriage tie, and on the right training of children. We ought to be thankful that on both these points the great head of the church has pronounced judgment so clearly. With respect to marriage, our Lord teaches that the union of husband and wife ought never to be broken off, except for the greatest of all causes, namely, actual unfaithfulness. In the days when our Lord was upon earth, divorces were permitted among the Jews for the most trifling and frivolous causes. The practice, though tolerated by Moses, to prevent worse evils, such as cruelty or murder, had gradually become an enormous abuse, and no doubt led to much immorality. 
Malachi chapter 2 verses 14 to 16. The remark made by our Lord's disciples shows the deplorably low state of public feeling on the subject. They said, If the case of man be so, it is good not to marry. They meant, of course, if a man may not put away his wife for a slight cause at any time, he had better not marry at all. Such language from the mouths of apostles sounds strange indeed. Our Lord brings forward a widely different standard for the guidance of His disciples. He first founds His judgment on the original institution of marriage. He quotes the words used in the beginning of Genesis, where the creation of man and the union of Adam and Eve are described as a proof that no relation should be so highly regarded as that of husband and wife. The relation of parent and child may seem very close, but there is one closer still. A man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. He then backs up the quotation by his own solemn words, What God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. And finally, he brings in the grave charge of breaking the seventh commandment, against marriage contracted after a divorce for light and frivolous causes. Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, and shall marry another, committeth adultery. It is clear, from the whole tenor of the passage, that the relation of marriage ought to be highly reverenced and honored among Christians. It is a relation which was instituted in paradise in the time of man's innocency, and is a chosen figure of the mystical union between Christ and His Church. It is a relation which nothing but death ought to terminate. It is a relation which is sure to have the greatest influence on those whom it brings together, for happiness, or for misery, for good, or for evil. Such a relation ought never to be taken in hand unadvisedly, lightly, or wantonly, but soberly, discreetly, and with due consideration. It is only too true that inconsiderate marriages are one of the most fertile causes of unhappiness, and too often, it may be feared, of sin. With respect to little children, we find our Lord instructing us in these verses, both by word and deed, both by precept and example. Little children were brought to him that he should put his hands on them and pray. They were evidently tender infants, too young to receive instruction, but not too young to receive benefit by prayer. The disciples seemed to have thought them beneath their master's notice, and rebuked those that brought them. But this drew forth a solemn declaration from the great head of the church. Jesus said, Suffer little children, and forbid them not, to come unto me, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. There is something deeply interesting both in the language and action of our Lord on this occasion. We know the weakness and feebleness, both in mind and body, of a little infant. Of all creatures born into the world, none is so helpless and dependent. We know who it was who here took such notice of infants, and found time, in his busy ministry among grown-up men and women, to put his hands on them and pray. It was the Eternal Son of God, the Great High Priest, the King of Kings, by whom all things consist, the brightest of the Father's glory, and the express image of His person. What an instructive picture the whole transaction places before our eyes! No wonder that the great majority of the Church of Christ have always seen in this passage a strong, though indirect, 
argument in favor of infant baptism. Let us learn from these verses that the Lord Jesus cares tenderly for the souls of little children. It is probable that Satan specially hates them. It is certain that Jesus specially loves them. Young as they are, they are not beneath his thoughts and attention. That mighty heart of his has room for the babe in its cradle, as well as for the king on his throne. He regards each one as possessing within its little body an undying principle that will outlive the pyramids of Egypt and see sun and moon quenched at the last day. With such a passage as this before us, we may surely hope well about the salvation of all who die in infancy. Of such is the kingdom of heaven. Finally, let us draw from these verses encouragement to attempt great things in the religious instruction of children. Let us begin from their very earliest years to deal with them as having souls to be lost or saved, and strive to bring them to Christ. Let us make them acquainted with the Bible as soon as they can understand anything. Let us pray with them, and pray for them, and teach them to pray for themselves. We may rest assured that Jesus looks with pleasure on such endeavors, and is ready to bless them. We may rest assured that such endeavors are not in vain. The seed sown in infancy is often found after many days. Happy is that church whose infant members are cared for as much as the oldest communicants. The blessing of him that was crucified will surely be on that church. He put his hands on little children. He prayed for them. End of section 58